Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Prosody Monstrosity, a Cracked Liberty production. Today's episode is going to be mostly about garlic and onion, a bit about vitamin D, sulfur, alcohol, chocolate, Roundup, glyphosate, and... Let's see, if you enjoy these podcasts, share them. Share them around with friends and family, acquaintances. Uh, share them with your enemies. And if you'd like to make a one-time donation, those really help me out to keep these going. Uh, or if you'd like to make ongoing monthly, if you want to be part of the Patreon... The Patreon is budding. It's growing. Uh, it was launched recently. There's five people in there. Will you become the sixth? I hope so. Will you become the seventh, eighth? The Patreon is in the baby steps growing phase, and you can find it to join it at www.patreon.com slash cracked liberty. Picture that cracked liberty bell. It's cracked liberty just without the bell. Also, if you just want to make a one-time donation, I can send you my Venmo if you reach out privately to my private email, which is 3things at protonmail.com. 3things is spelled out. T-H-R-E-E-T-H-I-N-G-S. 3things. One word. Lowercase. 3things at protonmail.com. And I can send you my Venmo. Any donations keep the momentum and the momentum I'm aiming to do more journalistic uh, bigger broader things so the funding really helps uh, the funding helps build independent journalism and right now it's just me so join up and it'll be me and you all right, so to dive in, we're going to just talk about garlic and onion. And of course, there are rare exceptions that might, some people might just absolutely thrive with garlic and onion. And we're not talking to those very, very rare exceptions. Uh, this is for everybody else. Most people. And most animals, there's a reason why cats, dogs, monkeys, horses, all sorts of animals cannot eat garlic and onion. And that includes uh, chives and leeks and all these other things that are within those same families. And the short story about the intolerance has to do with sulfur sulfates, uh, different atomic levels of sulfur. When we, when we eat sulfur, uh, we're eating it in one level and then there's an enzyme in our body. I think it's produced from our kidneys. Uh, there's an enzyme that transforms, transmutates that atomic uh, sulfur into a different version of sulfur. And uh, some of that is very uh, long time ago knowledge. <laughs> uh, and 
some of the terminology, uh, you know, not to get all nerdy about terminology. Um, but, um, I think that when we eat sulfur from all sorts of different foods, um, it's, it's called like SO4 and then it gets converted into SO3 or it might enter as SO3 and get converted into SO4. I can't remember some of the like atomic, uh, changes, but you know, little things go a long way. You can take a tiny bit of a drug and it can have a massive impact on your whole perception. Uh, you know, we know of people who take a little bit of acid or a little bit of cannabis or a little bit of shrooms and it, it severely alters their personality for hours or days or months or forever. And so some things are very little, but they're very powerful. Think about plutonium, uranium, an acupuncture needle. The, the subtlest things go the deepest. And garlic and onion go really deep. And they're not so subtle but they contain all sorts of subtle properties that go really deep. Now, this is a complex topic. When I suggest to people, uh, when I suggest to people to just give it a try, give it a try, and eradicating garlic and onion from your own kitchen, people, people are very resistant to... Uh, trying out new things. Most people run on what seems like an algorithm. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it seems that most behavior is compulsive, habitual, uh, and that a lot of the sensitivity to all sorts of truths and reality seems to be gone. Uh, a lot of people are in brain, have constant brain fog, skin problems, digestive problems, swelling, uh, marital problems, uh, constant fighting, um, anxiety, depression, all sorts of things uh, of dis-ease. There's ease and there's dis-ease. Uh, one out of two Americans has a chronic disease. <laughs> That's half, half the people. So if you're not one with the chronic disease, uh, then you're maybe with uh, more subtle, you know, like brain fog might not be considered a disease. Uh, itchy skin, dermatitis, we might not categorize those as a disease. You know, there, there's a continuum there. Pardon me, I'm going to drink a little bit of water. The, the garlic and onion... There's a reason why dogs, dogs, cats, monkeys, horses can't eat those things. And when we give our dog, say, a piece of a hot dog or some of the um, uh, meatloaf, you know, we're sitting there at the table and we give the dog the leftover meatloaf and, and it's got onion in it. Or we give that dog a hot dog and... It's got garlic powder, you know, as like the third ingredient or something. Um, my point is that for those of you that uh, are courageously willing to eliminate garlic, even just for two weeks, 
the ones that are willing to do it, they think it's going to be easy uh, because they're like, oh, you know, I can just eliminate that out of my cooking. I don't need to put onion and garlic in anything. But once they realize that you pretty much can't eat at any restaurants because it's in everything. And then when you start actually looking at the ingredients on the back of all the things you buy from your ketchup to your uh, salad dressings, you know, you go buy blue cheese salad dressing and it's got a ton of garlic in it. Uh, Your ketchup probably has onion powder in it. a lot of things like you go buy bone broth and if you don't look at the ingredients, it usually has garlic and onion in it. And so it's just in everything. It's in our junk food, it's in our hot dogs, it's in our crackers and chips and uh, snack foods, soups. It's in everything. And uh, there's theories as to why <laughs> we will dive into some of those theories and play with those, uh, kick them around a little bit like a, like a game of sorts where we can, we can play with theories. And just to remind you, I'm going to, I'm going to come to the theories in a moment. Let me take a note here so I don't forget to come back to the theories. Um, so sulfur, the body needs sulfur and, I'm not a doctor or a chemist, although a friend of mine, she tells me that I need to, uh, that I do need to take the reins and be the doctor to really take that, uh, take that responsibility on because the actual doctors that are calling themselves doctors aren't really the doctors. I don't call myself a doctor or a chemist or anything like that. Um, there's all sorts of ways that we get sulfur into our diet where the body doesn't need to necessarily uh, release enzymes where, where we're getting it closer to what our body needs. And, and one of the primary sources where we used to get it uh, throughout the year was in well water. So a lot of well water. Sometimes you go somewhere where it's really sulfury. Uh, a lot of well water has has sulfates in it, and it's at the atomic level. Sometimes the water just tastes sulfate or sulfury. I'm not telling you that that's always a good sign. It might be, it might be too much or a different amount or a toxic variety of it. But a lot of well water just had sulfates in it, and as again, it's it's an atom. Uh, a lot of it, a lot of the sulfates come through. Um, meat, chicken, beef, animal organs. And once we eat that animal meat, uh, for some reason, the atomic form of the sulfate that's in that meat is really easily uh, transformed into the sulfur that the body, you know, I can't remember if it's SO3 or SO4, but it it goes from one to the other really easily when you eat sulfates in meat. So that's one way people are just getting a healthy, normal amount of sulfur. And um, so some of the things that are also helping uh, transmutate that sulfur are, are, is your gut bacteria. So enzymes from your kidneys, your gut bacteria... 
Um, there's all sorts of interesting things about healthy sulfur in the body. Uh, one of the things that's sort of, uh, it's sort of odd to talk about, but important to mention before I forget is that, uh, there is a, uh, sulfur basically is negative ions. Sulfur is essentially negative ions. And so when you're standing outside in bare feet, which is what people call grounding, or when you're laying down on the ground or on the earth, uh, there's a, you can almost think about it like a magnet. Then the negative ions in your body are creating an electric, electrical uh, discharge. Uh, you know, we, we are electric beings. Our nervous system is electric. And uh, so there's this mysterious thing that we call grounding that just has to do with that invisibility of electricity. And, and part of that uh, healthy balance of your electrical system working well uh, when you look at electrical wiring, you know, the wiring is copper and copper is, is an atomic, you know, it's like, it's elemental, it's atomic, it's a, it's a metal and sulfur is similar, but different. So we, we get all these things in our diet that helps our, our electrical system run optimally and if that's not running optimally, then we experience symptoms. Uh, one of the most telltale possible signs of someone with a uh, difficulty in, in how the sulfur, sulfate sulfur transmutation is happening in their body uh, is skin problems. Uh, in Chinese medicine, Oftentimes, skin problems cause the practitioner to look at the kidney meridian. That the that there's some kind of there's something not uh, optimally working with the kidneys, and that might have to do with that enzyme being in short supply. Uh, that might be one way to investigate, and that's a whole long story in a can of worms. That um, would take hours and hours to talk about. So we're just scratching the surface of things. But if someone has itchy skin, dermatitis, eczema, uh, oftentimes let's track, let's track that to some questions. Uh, does that person also have difficulty with alcohol? Uh, are they addicted to alcohol or are they, when they drink alcohol, does it make them immediately start sneezing or have allergies or have a brain fog, have one drink and they're just exhausted. Um, so the, uh, the question about alcohol sometimes plays into the diagnostics of, are you someone who's having some issues with the, how your body is having a relationship with healthy sulfur? And so garlic and onion, the, the reason why those are problematic for horses, dogs, cats, uh, monkeys, they don't have the enzyme that we have. They, they cannot break down that 
sulfate and convert it, and it turns into a toxin in their system that can kill them. Um, and that's pretty freaky. Um, so, uh, definitely do not be feeding your dogs, cats. If you have a monkey or a horse, uh, do not be feeding them garlic and onion and chives and things from those families. They, they cannot process the, they can't transmute that sulfate into sulfur and it, it turns into another chemical. Uh, I think that other chemical is called something like hydrogen sulfide or something like that. It turns into something that is toxic and dangerous to them and can kill them. Uh, we all have had that experience of chopping onions. It's interesting that we sort of like pinch our eyes and close our eyelids and, and our eyes are watering. It's because that sulfur is reacting with our eyes and it's being turned into an acid. <laughs> so the acid is actually like attacking our eyes. So our eyes release uh, tears to try to neutralize that acid and um we're we're still going to get to the theories like why why are we as humans putting garlic and onion in all of our food every single dish at a restaurant except the desserts you're eating pretty much every single savory dish at every restaurant it doesn't matter whether it's a caesar salad a hamburger you know the 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 restaurant makes hamburger patties and they add garlic to the patties and they, they put garlic salt and garlic oil and gar it's just, it's just in everything. Every single vegetarian and meat dish. If you ask the waiter to ask the chef what doesn't have garlic in it, very, very often the waiter comes back to the table and says, I'm sorry, everything has garlic in it. Everything. The French fries, everything. And when you attempt to eliminate garlic and onion, you'll, you'll, you will pretty quickly realize it's really hard to go out and eat at restaurants. Now, I'm not suggesting that you stay fundamentalist. You know, if I'm, if I'm visiting friends or family, or if I go to a restaurant, uh, the goal of any elimination diet is not a life sentence. The, the goal is getting back to a, a, an ability to eat all sorts of diverse foods without any problems from any of them. You know, there's, there's circus freaks that eat glass. <laughs> so if you have really healthy stomach bacteria and healthy enzymes and those things, then then theoretically you should be able to be like a circus circus freak and eat glass. Of course, I'm, you know, for litigious reasons, don't, don't take that advice. Don't eat glass, everybody. Um, okay. So a lot of things to cover here, I'm trying to do it, uh, a little bit, scratch the surface and with brevity. Okay. So we used to get, natural sulfur from our well water. Um, and one thing I want to say about garlic is that it's a broad spectrum antibiotic. It does not discriminate. It goes in and it kills 
bacteria and microbes. It doesn't discriminate. And if we're eating it every day, all the time, hot dogs and restaurants and cooking, making foods and adding it to foods and eating it at restaurants and eating it in our snacks and just all the time. It's, it's a broad spectrum antibiotic. And I think that I'm, I'm being a hundred percent accurate when I say it's the most overlooked and underestimated cause of all sorts of societal problems, mentally, physically, emotionally. I think garlic is at the root. It's like this, this weed that is choking out the diversity of the garden. It's, it's a, it's like an invasive species that is acting sort of like a napalm on the gut bacteria. It's going in there every day and it is just uh, without any kind of intelligence. It's it's a broad spectrum antibiotic. It's just it doesn't discriminate. It's just killing all the good stuff, and then that's creating a subtle uh, problem that sometimes is so subtle that you've lost uh, perspective where the the subtlety of the deoptimization like if you've experienced brain fog for 10 years you don't even remember what it was like to have clarity or energy you know it's just it's just it's just your your personality at this point so uh one thing about what one thing about garlic is it is a <clears throat> It's considered an emotional slash nervous stimulant, which that sounds great, but the irony of that name is that it, it actually lowers your energy uh, and it, it decreases your ability to focus. It lowers your, your capacity and capability to focus. And interestingly, pilots, when they go on sorties, when a pilot in the Air Force goes on a mission, uh, they are not allowed to eat garlic. I don't know if this is still part of uh, U U.S. Air Force, but historically pilots in Air Forces are not allowed to eat garlic before missions because of that uh, lowered uh, capability of their focus. It actually slows down reaction time. So if you're flying at 400 miles an hour, you need to you can't you can't be uh causing a deterioration and a slowness in reaction time in fact you need the opposite and I, that that slowness in reaction time i think is uh really obvious in the world today a including in myself you know it's like i i so often feel like i'm one one step behind that spontaneous agility to have that sensitivity to being agile in the present it's like it's like there's a, a little bit of a lag and let's see here uh so all sorts of problems from irritable bowel uh the sulfur creates gas and if that gas isn't uh being transmuted optimally by the gut uh 
so so you might you might eliminate garlic but let's say you're still eating broccoli and and other things um the the gut bacteria has to get healthy again um but as long as you're eating the garlic and onion the the shortest line between two points is to explain it like this the sulfur turns into a gas and then the gas is very very easily because it's a gas it easily goes into your bloodstream and that gas reacts with your bloodstream and that's where it turns into this thing called hydrogen sulfide Uh, and hydrogen sulfide can wreak all sorts of havoc Uh, it can cause your blood pressure to uh, lower. So if you, let's say you have dangerously low blood pressure like my mom does. Uh, sorry, my mom's is fluctuating sometimes. Sometimes it's really high, sometimes it's low. Um, but that hydrogen sulfide can lower your blood pressure. And this is the same, uh, much of what we're talking about with the gas and and the gas going in your bloodstream all of that is happening when when the enzymes are compromised and the gut bacteria is compromised and what compromised those things all sorts of things it's not just the garlic and onion we're going to get to things like glyphosate and roundup and things like that so um oftentimes everything right now that i'm saying about garlic and onion uh people that are really sensitive to alcohol uh it it's very similar it's almost like we're talking about the same the same uh source so oftentimes when we're exploring dis-ease with somebody uh it's important to ask about the garlic the onion and and then be like what's your what's it like when you drink alcohol um, and oftentimes people will be like, oh, it's the same. It's the same as the sulfur issue. Uh, because the enzyme, when you drink alcohol, the drunk feeling you get is not from the alcohol. The drunk feeling you get is from the enzyme. When your kidneys release that enzyme, that's what makes you feel drunk is that enzyme. Some people love that feeling and it, it causes, it sort of causes your kidneys to relax. They kind of relax and release all this enzyme. Then the enzyme makes you feel drunk. But if you have a, a, if you have, if that enzyme is, is compromised because of a prolonged diet of, drip 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 garlic and onion glyphosate roundup all those things which are just in all of us at this point uh a lot of people have sensitivity to alcohol where it makes them brain foggy exhausted sneezy um break out in hives that kind of stuff and so the good news is that uh, eliminating garlic and onion is worth a shot. And I talked about food labels, hot dogs, hamburgers, restaurants, 
package ingredients, just look at the ingredients and make sure you don't buy anything within it. When you first start doing it, it's rather frustrating because you're just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you buy that blue cheese salad dressing and you're just like, oh, I can't believe it has garlic in it. And you buy the ketchup. Oh, I can't believe it has onion powder in it. Oh, I can't believe this, you know, can of soup has garlic and onion and blah, blah, blah. On and on. These crackers, these chips, this, the, the Doritos, the healthy version of Doritos, all the things, every single thing. You, you'll just be like, gosh. Um, these types of elimination diets are not a life sentence. The goal is to eventually reintroduce things. Probably not reintroduce raw garlic and onion and probably not reintroduce raw, uh, raw onion or raw garlic. Uh, if I'm at a friend's house, if they ask me what am I allergic to, usually I say it like this. I say, I, I try to avoid garlic and onion, uh, especially raw, uh, but I will eat anything. I'm not a fundamentalist. And that, for me, wasn't always the case. I used to have a lot more allergies and a lot more sensitivities, but my own testimony and experiment with my own gut uh, and mood, my spirit, my energy, my focus, my... So, so let's dive into this a little bit. In Ayurvedic, Ayurveda, uh, wisdom or science, medicine, it's hard to, hard to call Ayurveda a, a label because we're talking about thousands and thousands of years of folk recipes, folk medicines from a humongous continent uh, with all sorts of different cultures of valley people and mountain people and flat plain people and cold weather people and farmers and hunters and gatherers and and sheep migrating people and and you know uh, scholars and meditators and and priests and monks and martial artists and doctors and scientists we're we're just talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of years of uh, folk medicine passed down through families and lineages, and we're talking about modern uh, empirical science. So it's it's both. It's all of the above. It's 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 um, it's not easy to just say Ayurveda, and I you know I can't call it Ayurvedic philosophy or Ayurvedic medicine. It's just I'll just call it Ayurveda. Through Ayurveda. Uh, there's, there's some different ways to look at, um, foods similar to Chinese medicine, you know, like, like what foods give a person energy, what foods give a person, you know, uh, peace or, 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 um, you know, what brings the energy up and what brings the energy down. And in Ayurveda, you know, they call it prana. Prana is not the air we breathe. Prana is not the electricity. Prana, it, it's, it's said that prana, prana, you know the way when, a, when an airplane, airplane wing is fl- flying through the air, you know that shape of an airplane wing where it's got that convex shape and it, the wind goes over the top faster and under the bottom slower, which causes lift. And it allows that airplane to lift with ease and fly through the air. 
it's said that prana rides your breath the way laminar flow rides a wing. And so prana, it elevates us, it, it lifts us up. It's, it's not just the energy. It's not just the air. It's, it's, it's like a, a, something that's lifting us up and it rides, it rides our breath the way that wind has a laminar flow over that, over that wing. You know what the, uh, there's two, uh, aeronautical, uh, aeronautical, uh, aerodyne, aerodynamic terms. One of them is laminar flow. So when you're flying in an airplane and it's just a perfect flight, ah, that was just such a great flight. Everything was on schedule. Perfect flight. What's what's the other type of flying? Forget about all the frustrations at the ticket counter and the delays, but when you're in the air and it's a horrible flight, there's laminar, which is that smooth, smooth flying. The other one is turbulent, turbulence, laminar and turbulence. So um, there's certain foods that cause laminar and there's foods that cause turbulence and garlic would be one of the ones that causes turbulence and so does onion now turbulence might be great if you need to shake something up and agitate it and and injure it or uh you know some some types of things need to be shaken up let's say you've got some really uh massive bacteria infection or something maybe garlic is the right medicine to to get in there and cause some turbulence but it shouldn't be being eaten day after day like it would be just insane to to have turbulence all the time and we're we're basically adding when i mention acid or cannabis or mushrooms we're adding this small amount of something that is so powerful that's causing even subtle turbulence where we're not even aware of the subtle turbulence because we haven't really experienced the laminar. We haven't, we haven't consistently experienced prolonged laminar. I mean, just look at the world today, you know, look at, look at the daily news and the daily drama of your friends' lives and the daily, uh, Instagram posts and the, uh, just the constant turbulence just it's it's a very turbulent world and from my perspective i think garlic and onion are the root cause of global turbulence another word for turbulence would be agitation anger tension frustration agitate just that agitated anxious frustrated you know, hateful rage, this like, this, this, this discomfort, dis-ease, dis-ease versus ease, laminar turbulent. The dis-ease is the turbulence. The laminar is the ease. So in Ayurveda, there's sattvic and there's rajastic, sattvic and rajastic. And 
Sattvic and Rajastic are similar to Laminar and Turbulent. Uh, Sattvic is to Laminar as Rajastic is to Turbulent. Sattvic is Laminar. Rajastic is Turbulent. Uh, Rajastic Oh, <laughs> I just lost the word. Turbulent. Turbulent. Bumpy. Rough. Uh, uh, anxious. Angry. Frustrated. Um, so, there's certain foods in Ayurveda. And remember, Ayurveda is thousands and thousands of years of folk. Folk means people, you know grandma passing down a recipe to granddaughter and then that granddaughter passes down that recipe to granddaughter for thousands of years and along with all of the recipes comes all the medicines and songs and dances and and by the time you've sieved these nuggets of gold out of thousands of years of of culture there are patterns that everyone has agreed upon in Ayurvedic medicine where garlic and onion are not to be eaten. And I think that dogs and cats and monkeys and horses are good teachers. They're 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 quietly trying to tell us, "Hey guys, yeah, those are those are toxic and they can kill us, but they're also pretty bad for you guys." And we'll get into some of the some of the deeper reasons why they're bad and why they might not have been bad back in back you know there might have been an era where we could have processed them better um there's so much to cover in here about garlic and onion uh and there's so little little information out there if you just try to dig on your own but finally finally more and more people are are waking up to this um so Let's see here. Uh, one thing that sometimes, uh, um, one of the reasons, so we see Epsom salt, like we hear about Epsom salt baths and how they're really good for when you're experiencing chronic pain and stuff. So if you're having chronic pain often, I used to have chronic pain often, I don't anymore. I don't anymore at all ever since I gave up garlic and onion. And I gave those up years ago. I just don't have chronic pain. And I used to have chronic pain all the time. I, ne- I just don't have chronic pain anymore. Um, I was one of those people that needed to take Epsom salt baths all the time. And what's happening there is uh, through your skin, um, without needing to have enzymes convert that sulfate and without having gut bacteria needing to convert that sulfate, your skin can convert the sulfate from the Epsom salt and then it can essentially give your body the sulfur that it needs that that isn't actually being processed when you're eating meat and chicken and broccoli and all these things or drinking well water if your gut bacteria is screwed up and if your enzymes are screwed up in your kidneys. So the Epsom salt baths, um, they can be, uh, th- that, that's sort of like, um, uh, 
in a certain way, it's almost hiding the symptoms. It's like giving you this relief, but then you're dependent on these Epsom salt baths. And Epsom salt's not cheap. Like more and more, it's more and more expensive. And then running the huge bathtub and having to have chronic pain and all that. It's why not just not have chronic pain? Uh, so, okay. One of the things that dramatically interferes with the gut bacteria and with the health of the enzymes in the kidneys has to do with glyphosate, which is the chemical in Roundup. And even if you're eating organic, glyphosate is in everything. It's in our organic food. It's so prevalent even in our rainwater, our well water, because we've been spraying it all over the earth for so long that it's in all of us. And it doesn't take a lot of it in your body tissue to cause uh, a, a series of subtle problems. Most people in the world have a, have a vitamin three deficiency it doesn't matter how much sunshine they get. Their bodies, sulfur, ha, ha, sulfur works symbiotically with your body's ability to assimilate vitamin D3 from the sun. But glyphosate in our tissues, even a small amount of it, uh, inhibits that process. So... That's one reason everybody now pretty much has low vitamin D3. And if you have low vitamin D3, you have, you have, uh, you have tired and wired. Tired and wired was the pandemic pre-scamdemic. Uh, the biggest complaint from most patients was that they are tired and wired. You know, like they can't go to sleep at night. You know, heart's racing, mind is racing, but they're exhausted and all day they're tired, but when they try to sleep at night, they're wired. Vitamin D3, uh, I can't remember the name for it, but D3 creates a balancing effect where when you go to sleep at night, you sleep. And when you're awake in the day, you're awake. And so D3 has this magic ability to give you both of those so it's it's like the antidote to the tired and wired. A lot of people that are complaining about tired and wired, they need D3. And the D3 is not working with their sunshine and with their food consumption. They have to add a, a little bit of a supplement. Uh, and that has a lot to do with Roundup. Now, a friend of mine... She was the head of all of the bees, you know, the, the state of Hawaii, uh, the state of Hawaii sends 75% of the queen bees all around the world. You know how bees help pollinate, bees pollinate all sorts of, you know, let's, let's say you have a pecan orchard or a cherry orchard or a peach orchard or apple uh, humongous 18 wheelers pull up next to these huge monocrop farms with a bunch of bees on board and they release these bees and the bees pollinate the farms. Uh, and much of the global food system relies on healthy bees. And many of the healthy bees come from two places, Hawaii and Australia. Hawaii, Hawaii raises 
and distributes 75% of the healthy queen bee population around the world. And Australia pretty much makes up the rest, the other 25%. My friend is or was, I haven't talked to her a long time. Her name was Lauren. She is or was the head of the United States Agricultural Department. uh, And what her job was, was to perpetually and continuously be monitoring the health of uh, the queen bees on the Hawaiian islands. It's helpful that there's multiple islands. So if, if a calamity happens on one, then they have, you know, a separate island where hopefully the, the calamity is not happening on the other island, etc. So she essentially monitors the health of all the queen bees in the state of Hawaii. Now, I was talking to her one time. I used to get a ton of free Hawaii, free uh, honey, uh, because part of monitoring the bees, they're not they're not selling the honey. They're monitoring the health of the bees, which means they're monitoring the health of the honey and all sorts of things. So she's taking samples of the honey, and when I was asking her how did she get this job and such such like that, she got a I think she got a PhD while at Penn State University and her her thesis had to do with um, she basically traveled the farthest regions of the earth trying to find honey and honeycombs that did not have glyphosate no glyphosate in them and uh, she was no matter how far and wide she traveled to the most far remote regions, she could not find any honey that didn't have glyphosate in it. Uh, you know, so even the organic honey has glyphosate in it. And a little bit of that uh, chemical warfare, it's warfare. It's, it's um, there's like a little, um, you know, it's like having a, uh, a slight war going on inside your body that your body is something's being blocked uh, by that glyphosate. And so the D3, the healthy ability to process the sulfur, all those things. Now, the other thing I want to mention is that it's really frustrating in our society, our culture, when we hear these these sort of things like you'll hear someone talk, you know, years ago, it was the argument about cannabis, you know, marijuana, should it be legal or not? And it's always sort of a ridiculous conversation because we're talking about uh, just to, to call everything cannabis or marijuana is ridiculous. There's all sorts of different varieties and strains and potencies. Um, recently, I'm not someone who drinks uh, cow milk very often, but um, recently I bought some local Montana. I'm in Montana, and I was at the grocery store, and there was a there was a bottle of milk in the grocery store from a local Montana farm, and I was like, "Oh, it's local, it's organic, it's Montana. I'm here in Montana. Let's buy some milk." And you know, it had the cream on top and everything, and I. I drank that milk and it was, it was like, it was like nectar from the gods. And, you know, people are really funny about milk. It's very American. And it's also something that a lot of people avoid and they're dairy intolerant and all this. But 
it just reminded me of of the the thing that's missing from conversation is the quality you know like we can talk about milk but a local small batch organic montana farmer with like the most healthy beautiful grasslands you know it's it's a whole different thing than than some big um you know feces uh smelly ammonia you know uh heavily processed heavily pasteurized the thing i the the milk i drank was like nectar from the gods it was it was it was no different than going to the best restaurant in the world and eating food from the best chef. It just the quality of it. It didn't. It didn't matter whether it was milk or not. It was just such high quality that it was. It was a memorable experience. And so, obviously, some of the conversation about garlic and onion is that most of the garlic and onion you're buying, say at the grocery store, is not from healthy soil. Uh, and that's a long conversation and a, a long history of soils that aren't healthy. Uh, some of the soils are toxic. Some of them are, are lacking all sorts of nutrients. Some of them are, uh, you know, decades of, of just tragic, like they're just gross. They're not healthy living soils. Um, there's a there's a thing called like malig malignant or something like that, which um, the malig is it called malignum, malig malignum. There's a supposedly on many of the farms in the United States, uh, malignum, if I'm saying that correctly, is um, it's no longer in the soil. And that's that's like a micronutrient that normally would be in the kale and the broccoli and the garlic. It 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 would be another ingredient that that the plant assimilated from the soil into it, and then you're eating that molybdenum, and then that would have been breaking down the sulfur. So a lot of things we're eating don't have other nutrients in them that symbiotically you know, it's like there, there's all sorts of other missing pieces. So you're eating this modern weird thing that's missing uh, a natural symbiosis that it would have had if it was grown in healthy soil by your grandma in India 2000 years ago. And one of the things that also prevents that malignum or malignum, I think it's called malignum, uh, I'd like to look up that word right now, but uh, one of the things that prevents that from ever growing in the soil is Roundup, glyphosate. Um, so it's it's a rather complex thing, and uh, it's interesting to me. People are so resistant to give up garlic and onion. People are so resistant to it, and I think that um, I think that. To draw the shortest line between two points, I think that most people are addicted to suffering. They're addicted to the to the feeling, the habit. They're addicted to suffering. 
and misery loves company. So they're addicted to the suffering and they are, uh, they're in community with all sorts of other people suffering. And there's like this, this, um, it seems like a type of bonding to like complain and bitch to each other about, about all the, you know, it's, it's a, it's an odd thing. That's a deeper, deeper conversation. And that dovetails us into the, uh, theories as to why garlic and onion are in everything. So a quick rewind, rajastic and sattvic. Sattvic foods are the ones that give that laminar flow where the, the flight is just lifted. It's, it's, it feels weightless. It flies effortlessly. Uh, life is effortless. And in that effortlessness is a type of enjoyment ease so there's that whole sattvic effortless ease and then there's the the rajastic which is the garlic the onion that's the agitation the anger the depression the lethargy the brain fog the slower reactions you know theories as to why garlic and onion are in all of our snack foods, all of our crackers, all of our chips, our ketchup bottles, our salad dressings, all of the ingredients to everything. Garlic and onion are in everything. Can you can you kind of connect the dots that <laughs> sattvic is not sattvic is is where where there's peace on earth and contentment and joy. <laughs> uh, can you kind of see why uh, sattvic is, is targeted and it's been being targeted for a long time through the restaurant industry, the snack food industry? Uh, if you're sattvic, you don't need anything. You're just content. So the Raja, the Rajastic, the turbulence is, puts us in a state of always needing, always needing, craving, desiring, lusting, compulsive, obsessive, compulsive, agitated, angry, just always needing some sort of anxiety management system. And all of the anxiety management systems are are all of the toys all of the all of the compulsive habits the uh just everything the snacks the snack foods the ice cream the 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 addiction to the you know pornography and the the I need to call my friend I need to call so and so because I'm like I need someone to talk me down from the ledge I'm agitated I'm depressed I need someone like uh, so it drives therapy, it drives medical visits, it drives phone, like all of the things we need to have, our phone and our, uh, I need to go shopping, I need to, like, every single thing is because of the agitation, the conflict. That's what's driving all of the, like, you add all of that together and it's, it's the World Economic Forum. It's the WHO. It's the CDC. It's how how does 
marketing and advertising work, and I'm not just talking about the, sh- the commercials, I'm talking about the shows, the products. It's all through two things, pleasure and pain, sex and fear, pleasure and pain, sex, fear. And the whole like vacillation between fear and sex, that's, that's all of the raja, the rajasticness, that's the turbulence. When there's laminar flow and things are effortless, that's peaceful and that's, that's global harmony. And it's interesting that people are so resistant to be like, hey, garlic and onion are actually a pretty easy, uh, it's, you set up these two dominoes and then your gut bacteria comes back to health sattva comes back your reaction time quickens effortlessness returns itchiness and dermatitis go away eczema go away all the agitation frustration uh and then once the gut bacteria is flourishing again then then there's a renewed sense a a a renewal a a an optimized sense of of ease to then you can be a circus freak eating glass and you'll just digest the glass. You know, eventually you reintroduce things, not the raw onion and raw garlic, unless you have, you know, a major bacteria infection or something. And, um, yeah, you know, if you don't believe me, take a thin little slice of garlic, put it on your skin, put a little Band-Aid over it and just watch what it does to your skin. It is, uh, it'll, it'll burn you real deep and bad. Uh, well, let's see here. One thing I'm enjoying, I like chocolate, but I don't like buying chocolate bars because of the just all the other things I don't want to eat in there. I don't necessarily want the, I don't want the level of sugar they're putting in, or I don't want the other forms of butters and stuff. So uh, I'm going to conclude with something I've been enjoying, which I just buy cacao powder, organic cacao powder, cacao, cacao. I buy that organic cacao powder and heat up a little hot water and pour a tiny bit of water in there and stir it into a nice mud so it's not powdery and then add a little bit of honey or a little bit of maple syrup and and a little bit of say coconut milk or half and half or milk or uh and just enjoy like a little thick thing or I'll stir it up and add a bunch of butter and some some honey and I'll put it in the fridge and then come back to it the next day and it's like eating chocolate pudding and uh, cacao is really good. It's got all sorts of things that are good for you in it. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice, enjoyable, healthy thing. Uh, cacao is good for fighting the common cold. And, um, so try that instead of buying the chocolate bars, just buy a bag of cacao powder and make your own delicious chocolate things. It's easy. It's cheaper. It'll save you money in the long run. Um, those chocolate bars add up, you know, and they, they put them right front and center there, right at the, right at the, um, checkout counter. So, you know, they're still kind of treating us like little kids tempting us with the, 
those last minute purchases that are, you know, marked up that one chocolate bar is $3.50 where you can buy a whole bag of cacao for the same price and have 20 times that quantity of the thing you're craving. So give that a try. Uh, this concludes an episode of Prosody Monstrosity, a Cracked Liberty production where we have an ongoing conversation about freedom within boundaries. If you want to contact me directly, email me at three things at protonmail.com. Three things is spelled out T H R E E T H I N G S. Three things, one word, lowercase. Just spell it out at protonmail.com. Uh, send me uh, send me a note and I'd really appreciate any kind of donations if you even have a little bit put a little bit into my Venmo that helps these these uh, helps the momentum encourages me to keep keep making more uh, and if I annoy you let me know that too I'm, I'm not opposed to hearing some criticism and stuff um, as long as we can throw punches back and forth at each other that's always fun Uh so um, the other thing is, uh, if you're able to join my Patreon, and I can't tell you how much that means to me. Uh, it It is the wind beneath my wings. It's the laminar flow in my life. Uh, it's the momentum, and, and I, see, I see it becoming uh, something more than what it is. It's in the baby steps phase and it, it really means a lot to me to have people joining the Patreon. Uh, right now, it's a small, small group of people. I look forward to seeing you and, and learning about you through there. My Patreon is found at patreon.com slash cracked liberty. Picture that cracked liberty bell. It's the cracked liberty just without the bell. And it's one word, lowercase, Patreon. You can do a Google search, Patreon, Cracked Liberty, and you'll find me there. Uh, if you enjoyed this, share it with your friends and family. And enjoy. Till next time. <laughs>